0: Hello everybody, this is Mark Tackett again with John David Benford and we're here today and i um, going to just pray and ask the Lord to show us what he would have us to show us out of his word. Last Sunday John David preached a sermon uh, uh, out of 1 Samuel and it was uh, the story about David and Goliath and it was, it was really good and uh, so I've asked John David to kind of break down um, about David and Goliath, and and share with us how how that applies on our to our lives on a daily basis, or uh, it. Uh, and so I'm just going to kind of let David, uh, John David, take it from there, and and uh, talk a little bit about. You spoke about uh, David and Goliath, and and uh, do not you go back over that a little bit for okay. us? Okay.
1: Um, hey everybody, just just in case you don't know, you never heard the story of David and Goliath. If you're watching this and you've never really had that much. Um, interaction with God's word. What, what happened is you have this, um, these two mortal enemies as far as these nations go. You've got the Philistines and you've got the Israelites, and, and they battled it out for a long time, um, and, and they both wanted to conquer the other one. I think Israel might have been more in of a defense position at this point, and the Philistines wanted to make them slaves. And you had, So you had two militaries coming into battle with a giant valley beneath <laughs> them, Um, and so the whole deal is neither, neither military was really ready to take the first step because the moment that you take that first step and you head down into the Valley, it's, it's a death wish, it's suicide for your military because then the other one can just, it's just not a good, um, entrance point for war to go down into the Valley first. And so neither one of them would, but you have this guy on the Philistine side of things who's. Um, one of the tallest, if not the tallest human being to, to live post flood probably. Um, you have this guy named Goliath and, and the scripture says that he's around nine feet tall, he's massive, his armor weighs more just just his chain mail weighs more than the average, um, healthy woman. Like modern woman, right? Like so he's you're you're talking he's he's carrying so a, a a fully grown well 125, hundred and twenty five, hundred and thirty pounds is not a fully grown male unless you're you know five foot three but so yeah so he's wearing a fully grown adult woman in the form of his just his chain mail, not taking into account his helmet and his the the rest of his, his equipment um he's massive and and so he he's up there and every day for 40 days Goliath is coming down he's presenting himself in close proximity to the israelites and shouting at them and mocking them and mocking their god our god the lord um, he's mocking their faith. He's mocking their nation, um, because he understands that there is not a single human being on the planet. He believes that there's not a single human being, especially just in the Israelite military, that can touch him. Mm-hmm. And there's not. And, and And you look at even the the king of Israel is a is a very athletic man, very good looking man, very strong man, very outspoken and very brave. And that's why, God gave them exactly what they wanted. And those are the characteristics that the Israelites wanted in a king. But we find out that the characteristics that we dream of as a leader, it was not good enough because he was terrified of Goliath. And so what happens is Goliath has all this confidence in the world because no man can beat him. But then you had this little boy named David who would have weighed less than the 125 pounds of probably of, of weight that Goliath had on his armor. Um, his child. And he might've been a younger teenager, but he was definitely not an adult. He was definitely not strong enough to even, we find out that when David finally does go and he's like, Hey man, I'm just going to bring food to my brothers who are actually serving, but I'm going to go kill Goliath. Even when Saul says, all right, you, you can go. David can't even wear a normal adult male's armor. He can't even hold up a normal adult male sword. Mm-hmm. And so you see David go out to face down Goliath with nothing but a, a shepherd's staff, and a slingshot. Now, mind you, it's not, you know, a modern day slingshot. This is, this is a weapon that David had. It was a weapon that he would have used to fend off animals that were attacking his sheep. Um, maybe not kill, but definitely if a lion comes to attack his sheep or, um, wh- or whatever comes to attack, that slingshot is powerful enough to deter that animal. Um, and so this is what he's taken to, to face down Goliath, just some rocks, a slingshot, and a staff. And you see this this man in Goliath who's got so much confidence looks at David and he's like, am I a dog that you're coming at me with a stick? But the truth of the matter was David's confidence was not in a man. His confidence was in the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And so Goliath knew that that there was no man who could conquer him, but David was not fighting as if he were a man. David was fighting as somebody who was being led by the Lord. And so when when the, the battle didn't last long, right? So we see, we see them finally engage in battle, and before Goliath can really even do anything, David just takes off running and slings one rock, and mm-hmm. and it. The, the scripture tells us that it hits Goliath's head, and it doesn't bounce off, it doesn't ricochet. It hits his head, and fractures his skull and sinks into his brain, causing, causing him to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then David goes and finishes the job by doing what Goliath said he was going to do to David. And he goes and cuts his head off and feeds his body to the animals. And, and, and so like I, I think a lot of times we, we see this really awesome story, and, and it's like, oh, well, well, clearly this is all about how um, you know we, we can overcome the giants in our life, and we can overcome obstacles, and no matter what happens, if it gets thrown at us, we can just be brave and courageous like David, because all he did was go up there with the stone. Um, and that's not what I took away from it at all. Um, because Goliath took a weapon that was used to deter an animal. Um, and, and he killed this man with it, mm-hmm. a man that had, he come anywhere near Goliath. Like what, like what if David missed? Mm-hmm. David's got one chance.
0: Well, should he picked yeah. up? He yes. Had, he had more stones yes. with him, but.
1: But in all reality, if David misses that shot, he's dead. If Goliath gets anywhere near David. Right. Like I I just from a realistic, you've got a child and a guy that's nine feet tall. Like we we, we did the illustration on Sunday with with Dave Hale, who played in the NFL versus, you know, Bentley, who's a a little boy. Mm -hmm. Um, If God was not present in that battle, David would have been destroyed.
0: Right. Uh, And. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. Mm -hmm. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands.
1: I mean, I think the thing that is so profound is not for one second did David doubt
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, what was going to happen. And and maybe he did internally and just gave this, this confidence on the outside, but it sounds to me like... The Lord had already told David exactly what was going to happen, had already assu- or at least in 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 his spirit assured David that he was going to be victorious because it doesn't say that this is my battle and the Lord is on my side. He said this is this is the Lord's battle uh-huh. and, and he is in this. And so I, I think the the really awesome thing about this story um, is, is, you know what, that like there are giants that we're going to face that that we just cannot overcome on our own um and 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 i look at other i look at other parts in the story where where maybe you look at um you look at a catastrophic worldwide event like the flood um noah's family would not have been they could not have survived that on their own no um you 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 look at just like the rest of them they'd have been if god had not intervened they'd have been dead just like the rest of the planet um, and, and you look at maybe even some of the disciples on the night that Jesus was crucified. If God's not in that and, and working in that and protecting the lives of those disciples. Like it, it just baffles me how like I I, I, I see how, how Peter rejected Jesus three times. But everybody in that room like they knew who Peter was. He was just there. He was just with the soldiers and he attacked one of the soldiers mm-hmm. how in the world did peter not have his life end that night and and i understand that john was was younger but he was there too mm-hmm. like he was at the cross how in the world did 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 he did he not die the same day and, and 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 all these other events throughout scripture and in my life and in your life um the lesson that that you just shared with us um about about your illness i mean like there are giants in our lives that sometimes a, a a doctor cannot fix a counselor cannot fix a pastor cannot fix a spouse cannot fix there there are problems in my parents life parents cannot, cannot, cannot fix, fix right That's like like, like if i'm a little kid um and and i and i and i break a finger or or an arm you know, it's my body that's fixing it. But to me, in my perception, it is my parent that's taking care of me. Yeah. Um, if I'm walking through a really, really stressful time or a hard time, I know that my parents are right there to pick up pieces. and know that my wife is right there to pick up pieces. But in this story, there is only one, only God mm-hmm. rescued David. Right. Only God rescued an entire nation that day.
0: Right. You know, it, a little bit different perspective that I've, I've I've thought about I think about things a little bit differently than a lot of people but David was raised basically almost in isolation Mm -hmm. he didn't have a lot of influences and he was he was sent out to watch the sheep Mm -hmm. and that meant that he was put into an environment in which he had to do whatever it took to protect (laughs) the sheep that meant if a lion or a bear came because um, in verse 34 it says but David said to The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so David is, was raised in an environment. He wasn't sitting around watching, playing games yeah. all day. He was, he was out in nature. He was sleeping under the stars by himself. And God had his attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just, he was obedient. God prepared him mm-hmm. to, for the battle but he had yeah. done it a long time ago. He just didn't show up, and yeah. God spoke to him. and he, His whole life had been a preparation yeah. for this battle, even though he was young. Yeah. Uh, God used him to slay one of the biggest, yeah. strongest men who lived at that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the, the really awesome thing about this is, yes, giants in our life can be insurmountable. But the truth of the gospel is that our God has defeated the biggest giant right mm-hmm. um, God has already defeated Satan okay and
0: well it, let me let me throw this at you this is a little bit of a twist yeah if if Satan is a giant why do a lot of times spiritually we don't recognize that there is a dark side or there is a Satan or? that there are forces that want to destroy us, even though the Bible tells us there are. To me, so that's part of the, mm-hmm. I, where I'm going with that, yeah. I, I believe that's part of the enemy's plan is to mm-hmm. deceive us and try to, they, he works in stealth. He doesn't yeah. want us to know he's there. Um, yeah.
1: Whenever I think, like you say that, and, and the first image that comes to my mind, and, and it is the most disturbing scene in, in a movie that I've that I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if you've seen Passion of the Christ uh, but it's the part of the movie where I, I I don't know what the context is it may be in the sanhedrin where they're talking about crucifying Jesus and all of a sudden you just see this disgusting evil looking man and it's Satan and he's just you know he's carrying that creepy baby and he's cuddling the baby and he's just kind of you know, moving in and out in the shadows behind these people that are plotting to kill the Messiah, um, and man, that's—I think that's why it, it's like that's his intent. Mm-hmm. His intent is to never be seen, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little bit different from Goliath because Goliath clearly wanted—he clearly right. wanted to be seen. Right. Um, but, but I, I think from—I think the the, the longer that our world continues and and the farther that we get from you know creation or or the crucifixion the, the longer that our world is continuing the farther separated we get from you know people that were there to see that and defend it i think that satan is just getting craftier and craftier and craftier and i think that it's becoming um a giant in and of itself just to recognize the work that he's doing um and you know it's in the church too. I mean, like the church as a whole. I was talking about. Um, there's a passage in this next chapter where um, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but there, there's there's a, a a a verse in this in chapter 18 where a whole section of of the Christian the Christian church is taken out of context, and they're convinced that David is in a relationship with Jonathan, and and I think that Satan is using. Um, Just such small details and such twisted ideology to just infiltrate not just the world but the church and just tear everything apart and make everything a mess. Yeah,
0: true. So that's why it's important to speak the truth, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Because there is truth. Yes, there is truth, and uh, it's uh, it's found in the Word of God.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I really, really. I appreciate David so much. Um, He is a man after God's own heart. He is very flawed. Yeah, (laughs) Very flawed. Um, He's got his own sin problems and he's got, and Goliath, Goliath isn't even the biggest giant that he faces in his life, right? I mean, you, you go two chapters later and, and Saul becomes just as big of a giant in David's life as Goliath was. Right. And then you get to where David becomes king and David's own sin becomes a giant in his life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that it's very relatable to us because it's not it's not always that giants are obvious or clear to us or as it's not like we have a, a set enemy that is a giant, right? Mm-hmm. Um I mean and it's kind of a thing that we all walk through. I mean, David had a respected a person that he respected and he looked up to that became a giant for him. That became an obstacle for him. David's own life became a major problem for him. His success, like if you want to start with that, the success that David had is what ultimately led to the sin problem that David had, which led to um, a bigger sin problem, which led to his family having issues. And, wow. and, and, and all this became a giant. Um, and none of that had anything to do with Goliath. It was his own personal sin. Um, but at the end of the day, David is with the Lord in heaven for all of eternity because of the faith that he had in the same God that I have, the same God that you have. Mm-hmm. Because he looked to the future and, and believed, as Hebrews 11 tells us in the hall of faith, David had, he believed that the Messiah was coming and he was counted righteous because of that faith. Um, and we see over and over again in scripture, he's a man after God's own heart. He's, he's a hero of the faith despite the giants that he had in his life. And, and some of them, you know what? Ultimately, there are giants that David did not overcome. Mm-hmm. There are giants that his family did not overcome. Um, and that's just part of life. Like, we're going to go through times where it's not always a happy ending. Um, but as I quoted on, on Sunday, if nothing else in my life comes from the Lord, if He doesn't give me or bless me with anything else, He's already given me enough mm-hmm. because he has saved me from my sin. And, 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 and just like there are illness after illness after illness, so many people sick in the world in COVID. You know, I, I believe that God healed you of yours. I think that it was a miracle. But the fact remains, if you don't know Jesus, that miracle eternally means nothing because there is a far greater illness. There is a far greater giant that we face in life, and that's sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that this whole, this whole story is really, really cool, but it just points us straight to um, God's Word as a whole and that we have a giant that we cannot, we cannot overcome. Mm-hmm. David tried to overcome his own sin, and he just made it worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you saw two generations after his family, suffered as a result of the sin in his family and it wasn't just David's fault I mean Solomon played a part in that too and and the rest of the family played a part in that and David's other children and 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 it was just a huge mess because apart from the Jesus apart from Jesus who saves us from our sin right we cannot overcome that giant
0: right I know one of the proverbs says it's better to be uh, poor and humble than it Mm -hmm. is to be rich and prideful uh, David might even have written that, or Solomon. Yeah. But kind of looking at David's life when he was a young man and had nothing, he had a clear channel to mm-hmm. the Lord. And and as he lived life and he accumulated riches and wives and all these other things, life became a much harder path for him. Mm-hmm. And, w- and that's true with all of us. We we need to be mm-hmm. careful of that that trap and realize mm-hmm. that that's not this not the source of contentment in life because there's. Yeah. You, you. There's certain appetites you can never satisfy. Yeah,
1: yeah and that's that's our humanly issue with grace, right? Mm-hmm. I think the reason grace is so hard for people to accept is you need one thing, you need one thing to accept grace, and that's humility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I know, um, as an adult, even something as simple as somebody offering to pay for your dinner—that's kind of hard sometimes, isn't it? When you go out to somebody and and you know they they want to pay for your food and, and your first reaction is no you don't have to do that or it's no thank you i can i can pay for my own food and 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 i think that we have this attitude when in regards to our sin and this is where religion comes from and it's like no jesus i got this i got it mm-hmm. I, I i don't need help i'm i my life is under control and what is that yeah.
0: what is that when we're doing it? is that pride, it's pride. that's pride i mean pride.
1: i mean if 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 we if we are required to have humility to accept grace, because to accept something, accept something that's given to us, we have to be humble. The opposite of that's pride, right? So I mean if we're if we have if we have a pride problem, we're not gonna accept grace because a, a prerequisite to grace is repentance, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, like even after David he he defeats Goliath. He overcomes the advances of Saul to kill him. He becomes king. He becomes a victorious king. He becomes a wealthy king. He becomes a popular and beloved king. Um, he he gets to his sin problem with the, with the Uriah and Bathsheba stuff and he has people that care deeply about him that confront him about it. And what's David do? He says we're good here. Like don't talk to me about this. I'm okay. I'm going to figure it out. It's it's handled, and that—that's pride, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that that we walk that we have times like that in our lives where we know that we've messed up, but instead of going to the foot of Jesus to confess, instead of going to our spouse to confess, we, it's just I got it under control, I'm good, I don't. We, we justify. Yeah, yeah, we say I don't need help, and. If David, can you imagine if David had done that? If David had, if David did not have enough humility to be walking with the Lord, because you can, he's, he's, if he's a young teenager, man, I know young teenagers, they're full of themselves, right? They've got a lot of confidence with no reason to be confident. And, and so you've got David who is probably in really good physical condition. He's already killed at least one lion. He's already killed at least one bear. He could have walked straight into that battle thinking, and I got this in the bag. And 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 God used him to do that. But but there's a very real possibility, a very real situation, where if David, you know, goes a month or two without walking with the Lord, he could have walked into this battle without the Lord with him. Right. And he would have been killed.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, just a thought flashed through my mind. It doesn't doesn't necessarily relate with a bear or a lion but a few years ago i had this great big Charley bull that stood about i mean he was he was that tall at the shoulders and uh, a lot of people may know the story but one time i he was at a, a place i had out at gordon went to leave mm-hmm. and somehow the back door slid open which means i didn't fix mm-hmm. the latch properly and he fell out going down the highway yeah. and so he was there and i ended up bringing him to my mom's place and when i went to move him He had a nasty attitude, and uh, so we struggled to get him in from the big lot into the small lot to try to get him in the trailer. He just wasn't cooperating at all, and whenever, uh, I can remember he was out there, and I, you know, everywhere I went, he just faced me. Anyway, we ended up getting him in a small lot, Mm -hmm. which is like Mm -hmm. about half of this choir area, and I can remember I'm walking away from him. Andrew was with me and our dog, Tucker. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking away and I catch him out of the corner of my eye and mm. I can see him, he's coming after me. So I ran to the side and I had enough time to get halfway mm. up a cattle panel. And there was a split telephone pole right in front of mm. me. That was what held the barn up. And uh, and then all of a sudden he put his head under my rear and he just started throwing mm. me up in there. Andrew said he could just see me going <laughs> up and down, up and down. Well, the last thing I remember, I came conscious. I had one arm on the top of the cattle panel mm. And my right leg was right behind his head, and my left leg was in front mm. of him. I couldn't see it, but it, my right leg was there. So I was suspended straight out like yeah. this in air. And in my mind at that time, I just said a quick prayer. I said, Lord, if you don't help me, I'm gone. Because yes. he, he wanted to either kill me or hurt mm. me because he let out a scream at that point mm. And just like a blood-curdling mm. scream that he, was, he wanted to wanted to yeah. kill me. And so I just, that was my prayer. It was just a, a thought process. The the miracle is, is that all of a sudden, I just started coming down like a feather floating mm-hmm. to the ground. And I stepped off of that bull. And I'm just standing there like, what in the world just yeah. happened? How could this be? Yeah. And uh, I looked out there, and Andrew's still out there. And what happened was, Tucker, our dog, yeah. got the Holy Spirit in him. Yeah. He went to the other side of that bull and jumped up, up on his head. And when he did, that bull lowered his head slowly down between his legs, and I stopped mm. I stepped off. Yeah. And so God can use miraculous yeah. things in our lives. But when I was at that point, yeah. I will say that I cried out to God, yeah. and I said, God, I need your help right yes. now, or I'm, I'm gone. And, and, it, and I can say God's been faithful in my life at times like that, that I have done things to me that are like killing a lion mm. or a bear by by your bare hands. Mm. They were miracles, uh, but it was always God, mm. and I recognized it as God, because I certainly wasn't able to do that in my own strength, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm usually able personally to identify mm. with things in nature mm. and things like that better than I am uh, these these unseen battles, but they're they are real, and anyway, I sure appreciated your your uh sermon Sunday and and the uh the analogies of that you brought up. So, but you got anything else?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I think um, I, I use another scripture um to kind of end the sermon on Sunday in Second Corinthians 12. Um, I and mean, I, I think it's really hard to be thankful um, in those moments when we're at our weakest points, mm-hmm. when we're our lowest and we have nothing to bring to the table, but that's when, that's when God shows up, mm-hmm. right? That's when God's power is made perfect is in my weakness and in your right. weakness. Right. And so it's, it's when we're facing a giant with nothing to offer that the Lord shows up
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and again, I, I just want to give encouragement to, you know, a lot of times we are going to fail. A lot of times we walk through failures in life and we feel like the giants. I mean, you look at David, the book of Psalms, there, it's nothing but David feeling like his giants are overcoming him. Um, you know, Psalm after Psalm after Psalm, God, where are you? God, where are you? Like I'm facing a giant and, and you're, not, you're mm-hmm. not showing up. Um, but the truth is God was showing up mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, there is only one giant in our lives that matters, and we don't have to worry about whether or not we win that battle because we know we do. The Lord conquered sin; He conquered death; He will conquer Satan. Um, and and if I'm if the, the next giant that I face is what ends my life, the moment the moment that my life is over, I'm not gonna care because I'm gonna be with the Lord for all of eternity because the battle that mattered most has already been decided. That's right. Um, and it, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes to to fail. It's a hard pill to swallow to to think that man i've I've just been defeated or I've just been overcome, but God doesn't lose. <laughs> and if a battle is important, if a battle matters, uh there is no need to worry. This battle in second in first Samuel with the Philistines, that was an important battle that God was not going to lose because David said this is... This is not my battle. This is not the Israelites' battle. This is, this is the Lord's battle, because you have defiled His name. You are attacking the Lord's armies, and God is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, in Exodus, Pharaoh had one of the largest and wealthiest civilizations in all of human history and militaries at his disposal, mm-hmm. and this little ragtag group of slaves was able to to win that battle because. God wasn't going to let them lose. That's right. You look at, at Jericho. God wasn't going to let them lose. And when it comes to my salvation and your salvation and y'all's salvation, if you put your trust in the Lord, you're not going to lose. And that's the only battle that matters.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's what I liked about yeah. your sermon yeah. was that part right there. Will, would you like to close us this day?
1: Yep. Uh, God, I thank you so much for um, for my weakness I thank you so much for um, just how easy it is to be loved by you. Um, I don't have to do anything. Um, there's nothing that I have to bring to the foot of the cross other than myself and my heart, because you've done all the work. All, all you want, all you desire um, is for me and for Mark and for his family, for my family, for everyone listening to this and everyone that's ever lived all he wants um is for us to spend eternity with him um and the only thing that we have to offer in return is is our whole lives which accounts to nothing you know there there's a song by Shane and Shane called bring your nothing and and I and I love it so much because the only thing that's required of us is that we bring what we have and that's nothing because you've offered us everything through grace So God, I thank you so much for the cross. I thank you so much for being with David, um, for overcoming that giant in his life. Um, I thank you for the giants that you've overcome in our lives. I thank you for um, going before us and preparing for the next giant that awaits us around the corner. And God, I thank you so much for for carrying the weight of my sin um, just because you love me. And, and that's not something that I deserve, and, and I thank you so much for that. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your son. I thank you for everything you've done for us, and if you never do anything else, you've already done more than enough, and I am so grateful. We love you, and I pray that you would um, continue to bless us and our families in this church and this ministry. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.